0: Hello podcast listeners and welcome to the 27th of November 2020 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. We are teaming up with the lovely folks at Hong Kong Improv to squeeze in one more festive themed show before the end of 2022. Three of our storytellers will take to the stage this coming Saturday at 8.30pm at the Fringe Club. Come down and share the Christmas joy. Before we get to the story for today, a huge and friendly hug goes out to our Aloha Hong Kong listeners. We hear you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. Hugs go out to our overseas listeners as well, particularly to those in Kiev in Ukraine, SIG in Algeria, and Barcelona in Spain. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. For those of you who listened to our last story, this week we have a different but no less fabulous Leslie for you. We at Hong Kong Stories are committed to bring you the finest array of Leslie's available. Today's story comes from our June 2022 show that had the theme, Reveal. Here is Leslie, but not the same one as last time.
1: I went to law school, not to save the universe, but because I knew it made a good commercial decision. I also thought I'd be a brilliant lawyer. I also had no intention of doing politics my first degree because, A, I wasn't a male Oxford graduate, so I had no chance of getting into the Foreign Office fast stream. But what my 22-year-old aspirational self didn't realise was that my version of the two-year training contract would involve depositing large brown envelopes of cash and carrying them on the central line tube. Flat sittings while Harrods furniture deposits were made and also wearing short skirts so I could show off my apparently shapely legs. So this was how my 25-year-old female trainee self started as the, as the only female trainee of an all-male partnership in a West End law firm. In fact, make that the only female in the whole firm that wasn't a secretary and the only trainee who wasn't either the son of a family friend or an important family client. Apparently I should have been grateful to have been given a training contract. I mean I only had two degrees, spoke fluent German, and it was brighter than the two male contemporaries put together, but what the heck? <laughs> so my cash depositing duty started around three months into my training contract. I remember the partner asking me, and I assumed he was taking the, I assumed he was making a joke. And apparently he wasn't, and apparently he didn't also expect his instructions to be questioned by a first-year trainee. I don't remember sitting in that Berlin office during the interview process when we discussed German-Jewish restitution law and my English-German language capabilities, that I was also going to be expected to be a walking cash machine through central London periodically – but that was what would happen for the first the next 18 months of my training contract so my little Jane Shilton, and if some of you lived in London you know little Jane Shilton handbags so my blue brown handbag I'd have envelopes of cash stuffed into the bottom of it just to make sure none of it was poking out and then with a good girl Leslie I'd be sent on my Roland Cartier low black heeled way. Two envelopes of cash was all that would fit into my handbag or rather all I was prepared to carry Because the partners made it quite clear that I wasn't going to be told how much cash was being put in advance in my handbag. So I made it quite clear that I wasn't going to be prepared to carry a third one. And I wasn't allowed to expense a black cab. Oh, no. It was my shapely legs and my London monthly travel card that got me from the heart of Wimpole and Welbeck Street and Harley Street to Trafalgar Square. I mean, what's your problem, Leslie? It's broad daylight, for goodness sake. So my physical bagman duty started in the basement office at the end of Welbeck Way in the heart of the West End. So it's about a thirty-second journey to the other end of the Meuse. I'd turn right, turn immediate left, and I'd be going on to Welbeck Street. Walk Welbeck Street for one block, and then in about two minutes, I'd cross Wigmore Street, and I'm down at the beginning of St Christopher's Place going through a very expensive boutique line, passageway. I could tell you, it crossed my mind a few times whether it was worth opening those envelopes, dipping my hand in and buying myself an expensive designer suit or handbag. But I'd have been struck off the law society role before I even started. I'd never stolen a thing in my life. And I didn't really want to face the wrath of the bipolar-wired corporate law form partner and his Israeli and Russian clients whether or not their money should have been banked in good conscience. Anyway, I digress. So I cross in Christopher's place, pass some more expensive shops, and I'm standing on Oxford Street, facing into the heart of Bond Street tube. Go into the tube, down the stairs, escalators, I suspect, even in those days, and I am old, down onto the central central line platform, on the train for three stops to Holborn, get off at Holborn, get onto the Piccadilly Line for another stop to Covent Garden. And then as long as the tourist world and his wife weren't around, it was probably a five or seven minute walk to the Strand branch of the NatWest Bank. So we're probably talking a 25, 30 minute journey in total. Anyway, as you can imagine, this cash depositing didn't take place during the lunch hours. We didn't want to draw attention to myself. I was just to go in, hand the envelopes to the bank teller, Completer slips inside and not say anything, not ask anything, just let them do their job. Now, I wasn't scared about carrying all that money through central London. I mean, I wasn't scared about being mugged. I mean, who's going to suspect, you know, an aristocratic-toned Goldiehorn double to be carrying wads of sterling US dollars through central London? No, I was just more annoyed that it was always me that had to do the bagman journey. I wanted to be back in the office talking to real clients, drafting corporate or commercial contract law documents like the other trainees, male trainees. And guess what? They never had to afternoon flats sit in Mayfair flats for for ex-Mossad operatives and Russian oligarch wannabes while dining room furniture or gaudy light fittings got delivered. Anyway, I'm not bitter at all. At all. Anyway, I got a three-month reprieve from my errand girl duties because I'd managed to secure a three-month secondment to our Berlin partner office. And I got to swap with with my German female equivalent, so she got to sit with my male partner for three months and sit in my flat. And so I got to sit in Germany, shadowing one of Germany's greatest constitutional lawyers, got to sat in constitutional courts, the two highest courts, Got to draft MOUs. I mean, I know this sounds boring for non lawyers. A lot of commercial law documents, you know, for Peruvian tin mining or Bolivian tin mining heirs and billionaire art collectors. I was actually using my brain. I could actually wear trousers. (laughs) And I hadn't heard one comment about my legs during the whole three months. And I also didn't have to put up with fielding anxious calls from the then-wife of one of my partners, as she wondered about his whereabouts every day. When I went back to the London office, I decided to take a stand against the boys' club. It was about two months before I completed my training contract, and the corporate law partner made the mistake of shouting at me in front of the whole office. Well, I told him in no uncertain terms, again in front of the whole office, that I wasn't going to take any more crap from him. And I wasn't going to do any more owns for his ungrateful clients. And I also wasn't going to do any more NatWest bank running duties. The male trainees could do that. But as you can imagine, mid-90s London, mid-20s British males didn't carry handbags, or not out in public anyway. So the junior male trainee got to get a black cab when he went to the bank. And he was also the son of the important client. The secretaries, I believe, got the short store after that. But I never felt guilty about the secretaries getting the short store and having to schlep on random afternoons. Because guess what? I wasn't saving them from doing any of my typing. Because for my two years, of my training contract, I had to do my own typing, unlike the males. They got kept on. I left, and I joined the legal department of an English merchant bank. I think I tried playing at law, being a lawyer for about two and a half years after that, before I went into legal recruitment. But I've still got great legs.
0: Thanks for listening to today's story, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert smith Everyone has a story to tell.